Blog Talk Radio. Namaste. You are now in the Funk Soul Cafe, a cool, hot, soulful radio show for artists, writers, and so much more, hosted by yours truly, Robert Batista. So sit back, grab a nice, warm, and soulful cup of java or chai, and listen and enjoy. You've been dreaming about it for a long time. We all have the chance to live the life of our choosing, but it's hard. Life is busy, busier than it's ever been in the history of humankind. On top of that, the list of action steps approach of most personal achievement books just leaves you feeling even more overwhelmed about where to start and exactly what to do, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is part of a blurb from the book of our exciting guest, author Todd Smith. Namaste, Todd Smith, and welcome to the Funk Soul Cafe. Namaste, Robert. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. Oh, Todd, it's so great having you. I'm excited about the show. So, Todd, let's first start off by taking your Java order. We have a Wonderful variety of fine espressos, cappuccinos, and lattes. And we also have herbal teas for those tea lovers. So what's your fancy, Todd? Yes, sir. Well, I've been thinking about it. I'm kind of into the Hawaiians uh, lately. So could we do a a Kona, um, (laughs) maybe roasted about medium, ground fine, and then served uh, in a nice, nice cup? Well, you know, it's it's amazing that you said that, and ironic, because we just got that Hawaiian batch in this morning. So I have it for you. (laughs) So let me set that up for you. And here you go. Enjoy. Uh, Thank you very much. You're welcome. What are you having today? Oh, I'm having hot chocolate. <laughs> because it's, it's it's pretty cold outside, so I'm having a nice hot cup of cocoa. <laughs> uh, my my children would enjoy joining you on that one. It's good for the soul. <laughs> so, Todd, welcome, as I said, to the show. Your book, Designing Destiny, Five Simple Steps to Achieving the Life of Your Dreams, fascinates me. Um, Todd, why did you feel the need to write this compelling book? 
You know, Robert, I've been into kind of the whole self-help improvement thing since uh, late teens, I guess, and I've, I've read a lot of the books out there. Um, and it kind of actually got me into the field. I've been doing the human performance improvement training thing for about 20 years. And throughout it all, I was always kind of looking up. I'm a very – I look for models or, or structures of organization. Um, and a lot of the lists, and you kind of mentioned it on the intro, are kind of like this laundry list approach of, you know, have a positive attitude and write smart goals and do all these different things. But they don't really give you an order of operation approach to things. And so when I got into the field, there's a, a model, a developmental model we use for developing training called the ADDIE model, and it stands for Analyze, Design, Develop, Implement, and Evaluate. Um, and I wanted to kind of take all these great self-help concepts and ideas out there on how to go about achieving success and then put them into this structured framework. Um, so it's been something I've been working on since I got into the field, like I said, about 20 years ago and just decided, you know, it was been sitting there and percolating for a long time, and it was, it was time to bring it forth, so I did. <laughs> so I've got a quick question based on what you just said. You've been in the field for 20 years. Uh, talk about the differences, if any, of when you first got into the field and how it is now. Really good question. It's, it's changed quite a bit. Um, you know, some of the foundations, the ADDIE model has been around since the 50s, got started at Florida State University with the military. Um, so the core concepts have been around for a long time and are very established and proven. Right. And that's one of the things that I, I think excited me about them. But what we see these days is a move to uh, kind of what they're saying is like a more agile approach. So you're much more iterative in your approaches to, to finding success or to, to building training resources for your clients. There's a much greater use of technology these days. So micro learning, gamification, ways to try to keep it fun and give users just what, what they need right when they need it. Um, it is a challenge, you know, you know, back in the day, we had one means of communication that was, you know, the phone and before that, the, the letter, right? And then you got the phone and then we've got text these days and all the different venues that people have. So people are very busy and trying to find ways to focus their attention, even for short periods of time to give them the information they need right when they need it. Um, so a lot of just kind of the technological evolution of the field is some of the things that we've been seeing happen. Exactly, with Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook, uh, you know, ad infinitum, uh, you know, it, it's definitely uh, a lot different. Um, so, Todd, you know, there are so many books of this genre. Why does your book stand out from all the others? Why do you feel it's more effective? You know, it, it's that model that I was talking about. And that's where, you know, when I was going up and I'm reading all these wonderful books and, you know, I'm kind of walking in the footsteps of giants here, right? So a bunch of great people have brought forth a lot of great information. But again, I just, it, I was a very process oriented. And so I was looking for like, okay, well, what do I do first? And, and when do I do the next thing? And kind of looking for that framework to help guide me through the process. Um, and I couldn't find one out there. Um, and so, I, you know, when I got into the field and started learning about the ADDIE model and I had a chance to start applying it to helping my, my clients and the companies that I work for achieve success for their departments and their personnel, it, it, it kind of dawned on me. It's like, this is a beautiful methodology, and why not take this thing that's been so proven in the, the corporate field and, and bring it to personal development and self-help? And so that was kind of where I saw is the opportunity and one of the distinguishing characteristics of the book. 
uh, versus kind of just, hey, here's 30 things that, quote unquote, you need to do uh, to be successful. And so trying to create more of a, a structured blueprint for people to achieve success. And from my standpoint, if I can make, you know, a difference in just a couple lives out there and help somebody achieve what they're looking for in their life in some form of happiness, then that's been a success in, in kind of bringing that forward. So I know you basically lived the book. So um, I know in writing it, you basically had a, a whole vast, wave of experience in writing the book, but did you do any type of extensive research for the book? And if so, what did that entail? Yes. You know, in, and I think in any time when you're trying to bring it forth, there's a combination of your personal experiences and then, you know, ideally looking around at what others have done and how you can uh, riff off of that, bring something else to it. So I think from the research standpoint, there was obviously a lot of the, the past readings that I had done with, you know, the Zig Ziglar's right. and the Brian Tracy's and the Dale Carnegie's. And then in, in my field, in the human performance improvement uh, training and development field, uh, doing all the research, my graduate studies were in organizational development and leadership. I had a wonderful professor, Ken Morrell, who got me excited about this type of stuff and, and the difference that it can make in people's lives. So a great deal of research in, in the actual industry, the, the field of study that, I, that my profession is in. Um, so a lot of certification courses, a lot of continuing ed classes, um, things of that sort. So let's talk about the book's title, Designing Destiny. What is its significance? So the, the, it's Two different parts to it, obviously, the designing and the destiny. The designing actually comes from the model, so the Addy design model. So um, it's, a, you know, the formal instructional design component to it. And so the design, that's where the design component. And then the destiny is, is you know, the future that we're all trying to strive for. And, it, you know, as you grow older and you go through life, you realize there are some things that seem destined to happen, but there's a form of destiny, I think, that is within our, our choice and our control. And I wanted to help right. facilitate people in finding that, that ability to, uh, you know, manifest that destiny, design that destiny, if you would. Um, you can, I believe, put that imprint uh, out into the universe and, and bring forward to you and you move towards it um, by having a conscious thought pattern. And the idea is that this book will help you to do that. So, you know, like using the model again, the Addy model, um, the first step in the training world is the analysis. So what are the, who are the learners? What are the needs? What are the outcomes of the program that you need to identify? On the personal side, in the, in the book, this turns into know thyself is the first step of the process. Because I think for you to ever achieve the happiness that you want to get on the back end, you have to have some understanding of where you're starting from. So, you know, and, and just from an you know, managing yourself standpoint from like an operational understanding, what is your personality and temperament like, you know, and you find that there's a lot of people out there who's not done some of this self-reflection um, before you get started. Um, so trying to take that and, you know, understand how you can understand yourself, identify the future that you want to have in very clear terms, and then put a, a plan in place to close that gap. What do I need to do to get from where I am now that I understand where that is to where I want to be? And then once you get the plan in place, then it's about taking the action. That's where you have the vision boards and the visualizations and the self-affirmations. So those are, that's the time when those types of techniques come into play to help that, that plan that you have come forward. 
on your book's website, designingdestiny.com, the first thing you see is a quote from Williams Jennings Bryan. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. It is not a thing to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. Todd, why is it in your estimation that so many people fail to grasp this one glaring fundamental concept? Oh, I love that question. Thank you so much, Robert. Um, I think there's a, maybe a, a belief component to it, and that's where you know having tools and resources that, that can help you do it um, are, are kind of what the book's about a little bit. So you got to to believe that it is something that you can achieve. Um, it, you know, so many people feel like destiny is is out of our control, and and I just I I don't want to believe in that. And I I've done things where I feel like I've been able to affect my destiny um, through some of these actions. Um, you know, it's there's the one from um, that talks about you know t- boldness and genius have amazing. If you take the steps and you put yourself out there in the universe, um, the universe rewards that action um, and will, you know, nothing happens until you take the step and go forward and, um, and, and make a difference and, and you can do it. And I'm hopeful that the book will help people understand the steps that they can do. Um, but to your point, I, I think it's, you know, a disservice to ourselves um, to not believe that we do have the ability to step forward into the world the way that we want to, whatever that is, whether you want to be an artist or an architect or an engineer, um, we all have a story to bring to it. And I want people to hopefully be able to find their story and how they can go about bringing it to the world. Um, and don't, don't, don't wait for it. It's up to you. You know, you, until you know the direction, there's, you know, no, no wins the right win until you know where you're wanting to head. And, um, so it is, it is not a matter of chance. You can actually choose the destiny that you want to take and then take actions to achieve it. Chad, what are some pitfalls with self-help books that people can avoid with designing destiny? So a lot of the, the pitfalls that I hope people will be able to avoid is, is not knowing where to start. Um, you know, if, if I start where I think is like the actioning component, the implementation step where you want uh, vision boards and, and visualizations and self affirmations, but you haven't done the work up front to really be able to stu- to understand who you are um, and establish your, your current state, your, your value structures, the things that are important to you, um, then you're, you're, you're not going to be able to set yourself up for success and you're going to stumble. And so I'm, I'm hoping the book will bring some of that. It's like, you know, where to start in life in this process of designing your destiny, um, not knowing how to apply these different techniques at different times, because it is important to establish smart goals for what you want in the future, whether you want to, again, be an indie author, author or professional golfer or um, whatever the case may be. Um, so it's not knowing where to start. It's not knowing when to apply certain techniques in the process. And, you know, not getting caught up in this, you know, what I see out there a lot is this pie in the sky type of advice of um, overnight success. Uh, There's so much of that, I think, in our society right now. And and I don't do that in the book. I I don't make any 
hey, you do this, and in 30 days you're going to be a millionaire because it just, you know, the the cliche is true. Overnight success takes 10 years if you're lucky, right, and a couple of failures <laughs> along the way to, 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 to learn the process. So I'm hopeful that the book will help people avoid some of those pitfalls. I've, I've had a few of those myself, right, and you get all excited and there's a lot of great information out there, and, and there are you know, great pockets of information. What I try to do is line up these pockets of information in a logical order, which I think will help, help people to do it. I like what you said. He was an overnight success. It only took him 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're so right. <laughs> Hey, hey, Todd, uh, we have a lot of authors who listen to this show and up-and-coming writers who always want to know about publishing and getting published. So how did you get your book published? Did you go mainstream, independent, or did you self-publish? And were there any challenges in the publishing process? Absolutely. I did the, the self-publishing route on this one. I wanted to kind of understand that, that process and what it's like. I've seen a lot of people have some sure. distraction um, I think these days it is a viable means of, of achieving the goals that you want to achieve with your writing. Um, I think there'll always be, you know, the more formal outlets that exist out there. Um, for me, I'm a little bit of a, a DA, you know, do it yourself type of type of guy. So I enjoyed that aspect right. of it, but I will say the self-publishing, it's one of those things that like find out what you're good at in the overall schema. Um, obviously, you want to be able to, to write your book. But when you go the self-publishing route, there's all kind of the technical components of, you know, how do you format your book? Uh, how do you create a right. cover for your book? How do you manage Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Kobe or any of the other sites to get your information uploaded? So those are the technical aspects that I would say to an aspiring author that, that wants to do the self-help route. Um, there's a bunch of good books out there. But at the same time, if you find yourself that you're not necessarily the technically bent type or these things are causing you some frustration, um, there's services out there that can help with that. And back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, those services were fairly pricey. These days they've come, in, come down fairly reasonable. Um, so I would say as, as somebody, if you're wanting to kind of explore the, the do-it-yourself route at the first go or uh, maybe you've got a, a formal book and you, you want to try the self-help just to do something different, you know, figure out what components are in that process from the writing of the book to the technical details of, I'm going to say manufacturing, even though it's not technically manufacturing, but kind of bringing it to life in whatever portal or venue that you want to distribute it. And then I think the, the final part is, is the marketing component. How do you make people aware of your message so that they can come out there and find it? So how was Designing Destiny received by your readers? What was some of the feedback that you got from people who read the story? I think they like it. Um, I think the approach that I've received or the feedback I've received is people are appreciative of the structured approach to it, um, that it, it's got – it's very logical in its flow. It's easy to understand and easy to uh, apply the, the principles and the concepts ex explained in the book. So let's talk about Todd Smith the person. Where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? <laughs> um, so I was actually born in Vietnam. Uh, my dad was a pilot for Air America and classified as a civilian. and was able to bring Air my, America. my mother over. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Um, interesting stories. Interesting stories. Out I bet that. he so, has a million of them. Wow. <laughs> so we were over there. I was seven when we returned to the States. A return for me, it was coming to the States. Uh, spent a year in Nebraska as a family decided, well, that was just too cold after uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, moved to Florida. I spent most of my life growing up in Florida. So I'm a little bit of a Florida beach bum. Uh, Gainesville, Ocala, uh, Jacksonville Beach, Crescent Beach, and then finally over in the Panhandle, Panama City Beach uh, through high school. Um, you know, I, growing up as a beach bum, you got Jimmy Buffett on the, the East Coast and you got the Beach Boys on the West Coast. So I was always listening to the, West, the Beach Boys and thinking, ah, oh, I'm going to go go to California one day. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I managed to make it out here. So it's it's been a pretty good trip. Um, right now I live in Orange County. Um, I've got an amazing wife, two wonderful children. Um, feel really, really blessed all all the way around. So much to be thankful for. As far as oh, we can talk about it. Uh-huh. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, um, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's um. My dad was a marine. It was uh, sometimes a little bit hectic. Um, my mother was a little bit chaotic, and I actually think some of my prevalence or tendency towards trying to find organization and, and structures are a little bit of a, a reaction to that. Uh, going up in a household where we moved around a lot and things were a little bit unstable, trying to figure out a way to establish a, a sense of control over one's destiny um, is kind of fed into probably what helped want this book to come and manifest through me as well. Yeah, I was just going to say quickly, uh, speaking of Orange County, the minute I fly into to John Wayne Airport in Santa Ana and just uh, <laughs> right out to Orange County, man, and uh, oh, man, it's just a wonderful feeling. I love Orange County. Uh, but um, So let me ask you um, about your youth. What were some of the books and authors that inspired you in your youth? Awesome. Um, you know, going back to some of the original, you know, Dale Carnegie, um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, um, Zig Ziglar, right, right. Brian Tracy. Those were a lot of um, Wayne Dyer, some of the, the folks out of the, you know, even the early 1900s through the, the 70s and 80s. Um, Anthony Robbins is kind of probably one of the more, you know, modern folks. He's done a lot of really, really good stuff. Um, Tim Ferriss with some of his things. Um, so I tried to explore books. And so you think of self-help as kind of a wide category, but it's actually got quite a few niches. And so there's kind of like, you know, the process procedure, the goal setting, the what I think of as like the technical fundamentals of it as well. But you also have, you know, the emotional, psychological aspects um, that I think need to be given some thought to and um, tried to include a lot right. of that. And my thinking, so, you know, Dr. Dyer and some of those other folks um, have some really good information out there as well. Getting back to your book, uh, I took a look on Amazon, and one five-star Amazon review by Book Reader says, a self-help motivation book that does a great job laying out a plan to achieve goals and success, well, written and to the point, very motivational, and one of those books you come back to again and again. Lots of little gems to pick up and based on proven concepts. Great formula and book if you are looking to redesign your life for the better. Wow. Todd, I love the line, come back to again and again. That's a great testament to you, isn't it? 
I'm very thankful for that. Yes. And that was kind of like, you know, it's, it's, as I mentioned earlier, kind of a, a blueprint. So obviously you read through it, but what I hope people do not do is just read through it and then put it down and then go on to the next one. Right. Because kind of, I want it to be almost like a, a pocket field guide, right? So if you're out there looking for right. words, you take your field guide to identify them. So as you're going through life, there's, there's exercises to do at the end of each chapter on the analysis side, you know, take, take a Myers-Briggs or an Enneagram or some of the kind of the psychological temperament personality evaluations. Understand how you operate because after having children, I, I used to be a big believer in they all come out as blank slates and we kind of put our stamp on them. And I've kind of learned that they, they come out pretty hardwired. It's like a computer system. They got the motherboard and a lot of things are already kind of set up. You can tweak a few settings, but um, it's, it's pretty dialed in there. So learn how you operate, right? Learn what, learn what makes you tick um, so that you can then use that information to help guide your actions in the future. So what was the intended message you had in writing this book? If there was any one intended message, what do you want people to keep with them after they finish reading, uh, after they read it? That, you know, the chance to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve in your life is totally within your power to do. Um, That if you take the time to understand yourself, clearly define where you want to go, establish a plan to cross that gap and take those uh, actions that you need to take every day to move you forward step by step, you can achieve whatever it is. And I think to me that's one of the most encouraging beliefs that you can have in the world is that you have the ability to design your destiny, to affect the future that comes down to you by having this framework and applying this framework and then using it to make conscious decisions as you're, you're faced with um, you know, the things that life is going to throw at you. If, if you have that framework and you know where you're going, it's much easier to stay on track when the, the trade winds come along and might blow you in a slightly different direction. So I think that one of the main messages is that I would like people to believe that they can achieve it. And there's, um, would you mind if I read a, a quote here? It's from William Murray. Um, no, of it's course like, not. Until, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which ca- kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things can occur to help one that would never have otherwise occurred a whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one favors all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come their way. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. And I take, for example, just the, the pleasure of having this opportunity to meet with you, Robert. I would have never had that had I not put the book out there and tried to do something with it. So I would encourage all your readers and kind of the, the message of hope that I wanted the book to bring to folks is that you, you can, you know, whatever your circumstances are now, you can change them to be more aligned with what you would like in the future. And here's the toolkit. Here's a, some resources to help you in that path. Yeah. It's like a go-to book. Exactly. Um, and you know, I love that quote. What a great quote talking about making that commitment. So, Todd, it's been said that we are the sum of our experiences. How have your experiences helped you in becoming the writer and person 
you are today? Well, I think the experience of my, my childhood kind of helped me, you know, want to find ways to move to stability and structure and order. Uh, I did not have a lot of that as a child. So I think those younger childhood experiences formulated that. I think in my college and 20 years, the experiences that I had getting involved in this field, meeting Dr. Morell and, and kind of getting taken under his wing and brought into the field of organizational development and leadership and, and learning that there's uh, methodologies and approaches that um, can lend structure to achieving positive outcomes in the world um, was another big kind of formative step. Um, I think also as I came out to California and, and eventually met my wife and have formed my family, you know, trying to make a positive future for them has been a, a very uh, impactful kind of experiential step as well. Uh, you know, I, I want to be a role model for them in a positive sense, and I want to help provide them with tools and, and techniques to help them achieve whatever their, their dreams want to be. So, it, you know, it kind of like the destiny aspects and how you evolve around them, um, those were some of the things that life has brought my way, and then I, I tried to, to mold them in a, in a positive direction. Let's talk about what I call the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that is marketing. <laughs> so many authors spend so much time writing and publishing their book, but have no clue on how and what it entails to market it. How do you handle the publicizing and marketing of your books? So I've done a couple of things, and I think you're, you're right on the money. So there's the, as I mentioned earlier, there's kind of like the book writing aspects, right? And, and you, many of us that end up writing books have some sort of calling. You've got this voice or this message. Literally, like I said, for 20 years, this thing kind of rattled around in my head and wouldn't, wouldn't go away. And finally, it was like, all right, I've got to let you out the door. And, so I, I, so <laughs> and then there's kind of the, the – the operational business aspects of it. So whether you, you do the self-publishing or, or the indie or you go the more traditional route and then absolutely the marketing. And I think this is true regardless of whether you do the self-publishing or the industry uh, uh, independent or you go traditional publishing, you know, the marketing component still falls a lot on the author. Um, I was lucky enough. I've, I've been with some software companies and had a chance to kind of understand a little bit about marketing and campaigns and some of that stuff. Um, right. So I've tried to apply some of those those techniques and um, to to this, um, reaching out to others in in the field that have a similar message or like to share the message or like to have these types of conversations as a way about going about it. But what I was kind of talking about earlier is also, again, try to identify your own personal strengths and weaknesses in the field. So whatever it is, maybe you're really good at rough drafts, but you need you know an editor to help you tighten things up. Um, maybe you're not so technically savvy and you want some help getting publishing. The same thing with the marketing. So if you're kind of a get your hands into it and do it yourself, there's a ton of great resources out there, um, both books that you can read and, and get the concepts from. There's a lot of services that are, that are starting up these days um, that will help you with the marketing aspects as well. So definitely do the research in there and, and find um, the ways that you're going to want to get your voice out. As you, as you mentioned earlier, there's more channels of communication now than there have ever been before. Uh, it can actually be somewhat overwhelming. And, you know, some folks are very big on the social networks and, and like to do that. If that's your thing, then definitely get involved with that. If it's not, then maybe find somebody or a service that can help you out with that. 
because there are so so many ways for folks to get their words out these days that trying to, to be heard is, is very, very critical. Um, again, it depends a little bit on what you want to do with the book, but you know, my hope is that I'll, I'll be able to expose it to as many people as possible to make a difference, positive difference in folks' lives. And so um, the marketing aspect is super, super critical. And I'm continuing to work with yourself and, and other folks out there to try to help get the word out as much as possible to, to folks. Um, but you know, if, you're, if you're into it and you want to get hands-on, Obviously, go out there, find a couple books, resources, get going in that regard. If that's not your thing so much or you want to stay focused more on the writing, there's tons of resources and services out there that can help you out with that. But that is absolutely, as you said, the 800-pound the gorilla. And if you're just writing for yourself, then you know, don't worry about all that. You know, get, your, get it out there and be happy with that. Um, it all depends on you know, exactly. that goal, the goal that you're wanting to achieve with your book. There is a major school of thought that feels in order to be a good writer, you have to be an extensive reader. Do you agree? I tend to say, yeah, I've been a reader all my life, though I know that we're in the minority out there. I've never quite understood that. There's so much great things, so many great things out there to read. I, I tend to think that the more you read, the more you absorb and, and you get, pick up little bits and pieces of things that can then fold into your writing in ways that you couldn't, couldn't have brought forward before. Uh, at the same time, I've heard of authors that you know are, are almost strictly research-based, right? So they approach a topic that they may not have any experience in, have not done any reading on, and, and just very um, structuredly going through and, and research the topic and then try to pull the nuggets out and put it in. So me personally, I, I, I believe in the joy of reading. I, I love reading, um, and I, I think that it brings – a wider scope of, of experience to conversations that, that would not otherwise exist. Uh, that said, especially in the, the self-help type of field, I think it is possible to go out and research a subject more and kind of like, you know, uh, a methodical approach to bring information forward. Um, so for me, though, I, I, I'm kind of the reader side of things. In closing, I have a question that I feel is very pertinent. Most books such as yours, basically point its readers in a direction of positivity and self-awareness. Why aren't these basic concepts taught to us from the beginning when we're in the early stages of our development? People forget geography. They forget algebra. But concepts like yours are so needed very early in life. Why is this? Robert, I love that question. Thank you very much. As you know, a parent of a, two young children, I got a ten-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son, and I, and I see that. that. You know, in our society, we focus very, very much on reading, writing, and arithmetic. But it's interesting you say that because I've been thinking about this a lot, um, and maybe there's a way to create kind of a children's version of this book because I think it's yes. hugely, yes. huge, hugely overmissed. This this idea of learning how to establish goals and define a future for yourself and, and, and have clear path to move forward, how to manage your mind, how to manage your emotions. These are life skills that I think are super, super critical and are totally, they're not in our curriculum at all for, for elementary or middle um, and maybe a little bit in high school and, and some in college, but to your point, and, and, and not really, much, um, not much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I, I, I in high school, society, especially. Yeah, and it's so critical because those are the foundational components of how you manage yourself and how you get through life that will have ripple effects throughout society. One, if all of us can make 
better decisions, can be more aligned to happiness in our, in our, our own selves? Does that not then over, you know, the happiness quotient for the whole world? Um, and I would love to see us um, be more conscious about how we raise our children to be able to make decisions and understand who they are and, and manifest the beauty in themselves. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I can't even say how much I really appreciated the question. And it was, it's something I've been thinking about a lot with, with young children that are going to school and, you know, they're learning their numbers and they're learning how to write, believe it or not, they're, they're actually talking about how to dropping, how to write writing. Cause everybody's going keyboard. It's crazy to me, but um, you know, I, I, I hope that we will see some value in that. Um, and even the, the value of just, play too you know we, we see a lot of research that says you know running around and playing strengthens the mind and the body in ways that you know we, we need activity and we need structure and organization and the way that we go about approaching things and there's a lot of there's none of that <laughs> uh, to help our children understand you know who am I what do I want to be and not like you know astronaut doctor lawyer but you know how do I move forward in life make smart decisions uh, understand my emotions, understand my spirituality, um, and apply it in a positive sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's the key, Todd. That's the key. Teaching the children as young as possible, as early as possible, emotional intelligence. That is absolutely. You know, I yep. mean, I could have used it, you know, back then. Uh, I know a lot, of other, a lot of other people could. So, you know, you and I are on the same wavelength, same wavelength, and hopefully, you know, you can create one day a book like yours for the younger generation or even for children because it is so, so needed. Yep, and they're so quick to learn, too, and they can grasp yes. concepts yes. that, you you know, you're like, oh, they can't get this. They get it, right? <laughs> they do, and all we need to do is tee it up for them and help expose them to it and then work them through it a little bit, you know. My son's upset about something. It's like, you know, what's driving that? What are the emotions? Do you have to respond to those emotions? Um, so I'm very encouraged, Robert, for, for that question and, and for, you know, you putting that message out there because I think there's a lot that we can do that can have ripple effects through the generations and throughout the the world in a positive sense by helping our children with these kind of tools and techniques to be successful in life, whatever their choices may be. So what's next for Todd Smith? What other irons do you have in the fire coming up? So actually, you know, the, the kids' book version of this is something that I've, I've actually been thinking about, you know, as I, I read to my son and you know, read to my daughter. We, we, we read stories every night. So that's something I was like, you know, what would Dr. Seuss do with this, right? And how could he make it exactly. you know, fun and engaging for kids? So, so that's one of the fires that's out there. Um, you know, the book is very broad. I tried to write it in a sense, so regardless of what it is that you're looking for in life, you can apply these principles, this, this framework to help achieve success. But I'd also maybe like to bring it down a little bit too and, and maybe go a little bit more targeted in how you would apply these in different use cases. So there might be ways to, you know, if you're wanting to start a business or you're wanting to do a certain type of thing, how would you apply these concepts? So maybe some spinoff versions of the books that are a little bit more targeted. There's other self-help books that I'm interested in. Um, fiction, you know, I, I've been reading fiction since I was probably 10 or 11. Um, 
on my own, and uh, it's something that I've got some ideas to, to write some fiction books. So I've got a couple irons in the fire. Um, right now, this is my focus. Uh, I'm passionate about what the message is. I'm passionate about the, the positive output that I think and it, hope it can bring to others. So I'm going to stay on course on this for a while and then, you know, um, do a little bit on the side to try to figure out which of these other ones I want to do next. So contact information. People want to get a hold of you, follow you, um, send you emails or go to your website. Please give out any contact information. Absolutely. So designingdestiny.com is, is probably the hub, and I'll be building it out from there. Um, I've got contact forms on there, so anybody can go out there and, and it will get to me, and then we can reach out and start a conversation. So anybody wants to do it that way as well, um, be very, very happy to speak with anybody. So right now the website is the primary method um, for us to be in contact. This has been the Funk Soul Cafe with me, Robert Batista. One of the easiest ways to peer into my soul is to download and read my free micro-story called My Baby Has No Name from Smashwords.com. My guest has been author Todd Smith, and his book is called Designing Destiny, Five Simple Steps to Achieving the Life of Your Dreams, so needed in today's turbulent times. Make sure you order your copy today. Thank you so much, Todd, for being my guest on the Funk Soul Cafe. It was my pleasure, Robert. Thank you. Oh, it was a great, great show. We have to do it again when you write your next book. <laughs> All right. That will do it. Oh, Robert, you are so awesome, man. I just, I, you, I, I love your approach. Um, you're, you're very so you are. And... I've never seen, I've never seen the time go so fast. It was just a great, great show. And uh, just pencil <laughs> me in, uh, you know, when you write your next book, man. We'll set it up. It sounds great. Thank you. Okay, guy. Have a great rest of the evening. Bye now. Thanks, Robert. You too. Bye.